0: welcome to sons of a gun a podcast about the dc universe
2: i'm alex gunn I'm Justin Fun, also known as (laughs) Gunn.
0: I'm Pete. Also last name Gunn, we have a celebrity father we can't talk about, but it's James Gunn. And let's jump into (laughs) this episode where we are going to be talking about Justice League the movie. Hashtag Justice League the movie. Uh, Now, we have been slowly marching towards talking about The Flash, which is currently in theaters. It's really tearing up the box office. Everybody's very excited about it. It is. Uh, Made almost as much money as Black Adam did In its opening weekend uh, Which is awesome So the hype is real We're building up the hype here We're going to talk about Justice League Uh, Pete skipped out on Batman v Superman Justin and I talked about that But obviously that leads directly into This 2017 movie Now Let's just let's just kind of lay this out here. I'm I'm going to try to do this as simply as possible, even though this is legitimately one of the most complicated thing that has happened in the modern history of film. So Zack Snyder made a movie called Justice League that was originally supposed to be Justice League part one of two. That's how it was originally announced as part of this D.C. slate. As he was delivering stuff, a bunch of things happened. The first thing that happened was that uh, the movie was very convoluted and very long, and the studio wasn't very happy with how things were going. There was a lot of friction on set and off set with the studio. And then a real-world tragedy happened, which is that Zack Snyder's daughter died by suicide. That's he tried to truck along with the movie. He tried to finish it, but he did not. There's a lot of reports about what happened next in a lot of different directions. But ultimately, what happened is Joss Whedon, who directed Avengers, came in, rewrote a bunch of the script, ended up directing a good chunk of the movie. If you see the final movie, the screenplay credit is to Chris Terrio and Joss Whedon, while it still says directed by Zack Snyder. However, reports vary about how much, but a large chunk of the movie was definitely directed by Joss Whedon, at least it was released in theaters. Now, in the intervening years, there there were a lot of rumors and speculation and other things. But what we have ended up with is the semi-official story. Who knows how much of it is true? Is that Zack Snyder essentially walked off the lot at a certain point with a four-hour, not even a rough cut of his movie, but like just a bunch of footage, like four hours of footage. And he thought, hey, you know what? It'll be fun sometime to like show it off to friends and say, hey, this is what I was thinking. Check out this crazy mishmash of stuff. However. Rumors with fans made it that there was a Zack Snyder cut, hashtag the Snyder cut of Justice League, that only (laughs) picked up in fervor. And around the time that they started launching what's now called Max, what previously was called HBO Max, they decided to give another $70 million to Zack Snyder to finish his version of Justice League because... Frankly, a large part of what he had there wasn't finished footage. It wasn't color corrected. There was no sound. Some of it was just animatics, which if you don't know, that's just little, basically like slightly animated drawings that show animation. Yeah, Yeah, sketches. Exactly. It's not even like full animation of anything. So it wasn't a movie. They needed to give him another $70 million to make it into a movie, to finish all that stuff, to get a new score, to film some additional shots, particularly, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at least in part. But particularly the end of the movie, they added an extra coda. They shot basically in Zack Snyder's backyard in the middle of COVID. Um, And it looks like it is the exciting part about that. Uh, But anyway, that was released on Max. It didn't necessarily tear it up on Max. Max does at the time didn't release official figures, but it is what it is. It's there. They additionally released another version called Justice is Gray, which is the same movie as Zack Snyder's Justice League, but in black and white. But that's kind of the short version of the history of this movie. (laughs) That's That's legitimately like there's so many different permutations. uh, Let
2: let me say that was a well-told version of that. It's a a sad story,
0: unfortunately. It's a sad, very unfortunate story. Uh, (laughs) it, It is... There's a. I, I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of negatives when you talk about either version of this movie, but I do think one of the positives here is how Zack Snyder did push through this tragedy, and not. In, I don't think in a bad way. Like he used it not only to throw himself back into his work and use this tragedy to sort of power him to create this version of Zack Snyder's Justice League, but also became very. Uh, prominent in terms of suicide awareness and the signs and yeah. how you talk to people about that. There's been a lot of fundraisers about the movie. There's obviously been the negative side as well, which is a lot of vitriol and trolls pulling people online. There's been a lot of stuff that's come out about Warner brothers, treatments of the actors and vice versa and back and forth. Joss Whedon. Exactly. And, uh, and there's been a ton of fallout for years from this movie. But like you're saying, Pete, ultimately there is a powerful, sad story that comes out of this that is something that really plays into it. Um, Even the yeah, end credits ahead. part where, you know, they Well, you know, yeah, I mean, that's something where a lot of people, frankly, make fun of Zack Snyder for being very focused on Hallelujah, which is legitimately one of the worst parts of the Watchmen movie that he did, where they're playing that over yeah, the Yeah, but You hear scene. about why and you... Exactly. Well, so the, it's d- like... D- d- no, 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 take it away, Pete. Like, why do you want to tell people? It that.
1: was her favorite song. Yeah. And so that's why it's so present all the time in his work and when you find that out it's fucking heartbreaking and you're Mm -hmm. like oh my god if you know if i had a kid and that was her favorite song and she died i would put it in everything and not give a shit about what anybody says so it's you know i mean i got when i saw her name come up there and you know uh, yeah it's it's emotional man it's it's and one of,
2: probably oh, yeah. one of the reasons why he really drove so hard to get the Snyder cut done and like to complete that work I'm sure yeah to like,
1: make it worth something or if any I,
0: I well, don't know or just like just like know, bringing yeah. it all
2: to a close I exactly think, be like yeah, I finished finish that something you started well, yeah. not, to,
0: not to therapize Zack Snyder a guy who we don't know at all but yes. that's the sort of thing like you are halfway through this project when one of the worst things that can happen to a person happens to you um, or around you or with you however you want. Want to refer to it to finish that thing, hopefully brings a certain sense of catharsis.
2: Yeah, uh, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's so, also very strange that the, the the story behind this movie, which is so tragic, is also so public. I mean, mm-hmm. a ton of movies have like horrifying like situations yeah. around them. The fact that this played out in the public and we know all the details step by step is wild also. So that it adds all this extra stuff around a movie that, you know, we're going to criticize. So like when we talk about it, Lee, we are not criticizing all of that stuff we just discussed. Well, let's,
0: let's kind of set this up a little bit just because I know we all sort of had different iterations of how we were watching versus Justin. I watched Batman V Superman, the ultimate version, both of us separately uh, the last time. Uh, if I got this wrong, Justin, you watched the theatrical cut. Yes. He, you watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, and because I'm an insane person, I watched both. No, I've also seen both. What? No, no, but I watched both. You again. just
2: rewatched both. I oh,
0: just rewatched God. both for this podcast. You're wow. a psychopath. Right. No. Well, I uh, watched here.
1: Justice League is in my rotation of things that I watch.
0: Really? Uh, well, yeah. let's talk about that first. Then I was going to get into comparison between the two, but. I'd love to hear from you, Pete. It sounds like you like the theatrical version of Justice League. No, what was your well, reaction? no, there?
1: not as not as a whole as a uh, as a movie. Not there are parts of the movie that I like to put on. Um, I think the uh, Batman meeting Aquaman is is a fun scene. I like mm-hmm. that
0: scene. Um, uh, I oh I, sorry, can I interrupt for one second? Just sure. this should be obvious for anybody listening we're going to get into spoilers. We're not going to talk necessarily about like the whole overview of the plot of the movie. So if you haven't seen it either version and don't want to be spoiled for whatever reason, turn away. Pete, back to you. Yeah. There's, there's parts of the movies that I like.
1: I, uh, you know, there's castings uh, that maybe not so much, but there are, there are real moments in the movie for, for me. And, um, So I kind of I enjoy those parts uh, As a whole, it doesn't make any sense That's why <laughs> when I watched the four-hour one for the first time for this podcast I was like, holy shit I remember seeing the Justice League in the movie theater and being upset by it um, but seeing the the four-hour-long one, at least it's a complete story. It really goes off the rails at the end. Like, <laughs> after it lands the plane, it goes, no, 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 and, like, takes off, and then they, like, crash into the ground. You're like, why did we do this? But um, the, it at least makes sense, because I remember seeing it in the theater and being like, why is, uh, you know, the, there's so many crazy, but it's because they chopped up, and they had, you know, there was mm-hmm. all this madness that I had to kind of piece meal together um but yeah i mean yeah it, overall it's not like my favorite but i can watch it just for certain moments that i enjoy so uh, you
2: prefer some, the four hour cut is what you're saying
1: for as a movie I, it's insane to, it took me a, a couple of viewings to get through it all because uh you know four hours is is a lot longer the older you get um, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you kept taking a little catapult every 10 or 15 well, then, minutes. You no, so. have to use the bathroom or you know, that's something when would your happen. nurse
2: wakes you up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete, yeah you Mr. LePage finish yeah. the Justice League movie, you love. Yeah, um. yeah. Uh, so yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: release but the I the P hashtag release the P. At least <laughs> when I saw the four hour thing, it, it made sense. <laughs> <Should> <laughs> change
2: your bedpan, Mr. LePage, <laughs> the, while you finish the, your the
1: shorter one at least made more
0: sense. uh. Uh, Justin, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer my thoughts on both of them together in a second. Please. But Justin, I'm just curious to hear from you. I assume revisiting the movie. This is not the first time you saw it. What was your and what was your uh, reaction now?
2: Well, let me say the first time I watched it was in a 4DX theater. I oh. think it's called where they every punch that Batman gets hit with in the opening yeah. sequence is in you your feel. back. Yeah. And in the end, when all the everything blooms, you smell flowers in the theater. Oh, so gross. that was bad uh, <laughs> on top of for a B. So rewatching it, uh, I was struck by some of the decisions that in retrospect actually feel pretty good. Like, I mm. think um, the flash in this is actually better than I thought. It's still mired in the absolute negative hopelessness that just curses this entire project project but the the, the flash stuff actually i thought worked better uh and it, it just struck me it's such a nobody wants to be there in this movie and that permeates everything when especially now that we've seen so many more movies uh, in the superhero realm like you just want more fun in general, mm. like the, I feel like back when this was made, complexity, like, oh, let's make this, oh, then we'll add this in. Like, the movie opens with like six short films. And I just feel like we don't <laughs> maybe need oh, that.
0: You should watch the four hour version, which yeah. opens with six long films. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's what I <I'm laughs> And then when about. you think the movie's over, it restarts a couple different, complete short films.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think that's the, the Christopher Nolan effect, where uh, coming off of that it was like, let's add more. More is more, and that's why we get a two and a half hour movie and then a four hour movie. More is more. When I think what we're learning now is like, no, let's let's focus up a little bit and really try to make this story stand. Can
1: I uh, so can I just agree with you on something? The please the. I didn't – I I didn't like – I haven't liked Barry, but seeing the four-hour one, mm-hmm. he was – it made a little bit more – like, I was like, oh, oh, this is – I can kind of see why this – they cast this guy. Uh, nice. So, yeah, it made a little bit more sense seeing the longer one because uh, maybe it's just you spend more time with them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, but- there's – so – just to give
0: yeah, you, you, you go, Alex. Uh, yeah, I, I like I agree with everything you guys are saying. The four hour one is interesting because there are things like Ezra Miller as Barry Allen. You get an extended speed Force sequence that legitimately is very fun to watch. Mm. Um, He is the only one making jokes the entire movie, but it makes sense for the character. The jokes are different than they are. Yeah. In the yeah. Version. I was surprised. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. That Uh, beat is completely different, yeah. Well, so there's a lot of different thoughts that I have in a lot of different direction about this. The one thing that I wanted to say is like a big plus up about the four-hour version, though, is Cyborg. Like, this is something that we Mm -hmm. didn't get into as an outside negative thing, but one of the biggest... Uh, spats is like a way of really downplaying it in terms of work but ray fisher who played cyborg has railed on warner brothers and what they did to him on joss whedon on walter hamada who is the head of warner brothers at the time jeff johns who was one of the heads of dc films and contributed to the movie among other people having nothing to do with the outside stuff watching the four hour version my main takeaway my biggest takeaway more than anything else is like Ray Fisher got robbed, like straight up, Yeah. Like, mm. stupidly, there was His an story actual... was completely cut out of it. Completely.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's a it's great a... it's a good story and it's well done. It's, I mean, I've seen a bunch of different cyborg stuff, and
0: I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. There's about – this is probably wrong approximation. The whole, like,
1: pulling apart makes more sense scene. Like, the whole – like, a lot of the choices. There's about
0: 50% of a cyborg movie that they stuff in the middle of this four-hour version versus they cut mm-hmm. all of that out and basically turned him into a dude who knows tech and says booyah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you could see how he would be distraught at least on oh, that level, yeah, you can that see of that. So could see why. I mean –
1: but the it, hours you must have put in, and then you watch it, and you're just like, "I'm an extra."
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's it's very it, that is very sad. But four hour version not really a movie either because like you were saying pete it keeps moving both backwards and forwards and jumping all over the place as they're assembling all these things they're like well that's kind of a deleted scene you don't actually need to include that even if it's well shot and interesting and you're taking all these characters and veering them in different directions the plot certainly makes more sense but there's a lot of character stuff that gets downplayed the first time so the first time i watched zax neater's justice league i watched the theatrical version second this time I watched the theatrical version first. And Zach, yeah. ah. No, 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 I would actually recommend it the other way because really, it, this is just for me, maybe how my brain works. But it is much harder to keep a four hour movie in your brain, uh, a two hour movie in your brain when you're watching a four hour movie because it's so overwhelming to watch this stuff. The first time watching them in order. And this is the this is legitimately I think the best reason for this both of these existing is as a film studies comparison of both of them.
2: Uh, that's true. That's really it's, cool. Now you're making me. Do I have, am I going to go watch the four? I, I have to, dude. Seriously, I was glad oh, I did, man. and I didn't want to, but I was glad I did.
0: Yeah, it's again, it's not a good move. Like just on the essence of what's the plot, what's the arc of it, what are these yeah. characters doing, or anything. But in terms of looking like. Oh, they took this same scene changed. So for example, this is a a very specific example, but in the theatrical version, there's this whole thing where a kid sees a parademon and draws a picture of it and passes it to the Gotham police department and they look at it and it's like a picture that's like 50% Batman, Batman. 50% parademon kind of, uh, and you're like, they're like, is that supposed to be Batman? What's going on here? And they're very confused. In the Zack Snyder version, it's legitimately just a picture of Batman, which is, mm. and they're like, we gotta get Batman. He's attacking people. What's going on here? And it's like, apparently, it looks nothing like Batman. I don't know what's going on here. This doesn't make any sense. And it, watching the Josh Whedon cut second, you could see where it was like, We have four hours of movie that doesn't make any sense together. How do we give this an actual plot? How do we make it fit together? How do we have character arcs in here? How do we do things that like connect to the previous movies in legitimately any way whatsoever versus just kind of going with it? And it ends up being janky and bad looking and not fun in a different way. But being able to see those moments where, like they adR lines differently or reality yeah, yeah. jokes or yeah I mean, shot scenes it i don't know i i don't recommend anybody spend six hours of their life doing this, but <laughs> if you are interested it is an interesting thing to watch well that's the thing because it made it uh, you
1: know like i I wonder if there's going to be film classes you know' because you know when I went to school we did there was a lot of discussion about movies and also problem solving. In movies and on sets and stuff like that So I liked seeing the shorter one version first As like, this is what can happen If you have like an artistic idea that is too big And then, you know, like business or whatever Makes you cut this thing down to to for consumable You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's a very interesting study And seeing the short one first And being like, what? And then kind of like seeing like somebody's like idea sec it i don't know like i see what you're saying and it makes sense but i also think the other way is interesting yeah i mean
0: either's fine. I, again this is just how my brain works in terms yeah, of yeah. watching it this way this time i was like oh my god i cannot keep anything of the joss Whedon version of my brain right now because there is so yeah. much stuff going on but, but uh, i'll give i'll give another example of something that like suffers a lot in the theatrical cut and you understand why they did it for expediency. Plus the fact that they cut out Sauerberg's entire storyline, but the absolute stupidest thing, or one of the absolute stupidest things that happens in the theatrical cut is they have this big fight after they revive Superman and the mother box, which they absolutely must not let Steppenwolf, the big villain of the movie, get in any way they leave on the hood of a car and yeah. Steppenwolf is like, this box is Got mine. It. See you later yeah. in the theatrical cut in the Zack Snyder cut. It happens pretty much the same way where Steppenwolf lands, looks at the car, but it's gone. And it's yeah. gone because Cyborg's father has taken it at the last second, brought it back to his lab, locked himself in the lab, knows he's going to die and Steppenwolf's going to kill him. And so he sacrifices himself in order to put a radioactive marker on the mother box so that they can track mm. down Steppenwolf to his base. So all of that stuff, they were like, we and makes do- his
1: father's death so much more cooler and mm-hmm. like uh, gives, oh, just. Oh.
2: It
0: gives it more emotion gravitas it's better blocking it's less dumb but in the theatrical version you understand they're like we got to get to this we don't have this plot line we got to move it along
2: i mean i will agree it plays dumb in the theatrical version but it just goes it's also there's so much other stuff that is just like yada -yada yadaing to get to Mm -hmm. the next thing that it doesn't i see why they made the choice you don't get caught on it it's not one thing that i'll throw
0: out though that is better in the theatrical version, surprisingly, is Batman and Wonder Woman basically get no emotional arc over the course of four hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and what Joss Whedon did was very much humanized both of them and gave them more yeah. character. Uh, Justin, you and I were talking a little bit about Ben Affleck and Batman v Superman, and you were calling him like he's a party dude. Let him be a party dude. Yeah, let get, him be
2: Bruce I, Wayne. I feel like he Mr. gets the Michelangelo.
0: Be a little... Is that what you're saying? Exactly.
1: He, he, well, Saul I was Board saying Ben
2: machines. Affleck. Ben Affleck, yes, Ben Affleck is a party dude. in In Batman v Superman, they mute his Bruce Wayne to nothing, and well, I feel so. Like, how did you
0: feel about him in this then, Justin? A,
2: a little bit what? more, it, it, but it felt like it gives you a taste when you're like, "This is what I'm craving for the entire movie." When they're together, and I think Batman is such an interesting arc in this. He, you know, he's sort of the the guy driving a lot of the connections here. He gets to make jokes weirdly. And when I say weirdly, it's weird the way that he makes them. And then it moves into him being sort of the human center with Wonder Woman. And it feels a little bit like a romantic plot, but then it doesn't ever quite get there. So it makes you want more.
0: Pete, what were you going to say about that? You were going to say something about Batfleck. Well,
1: i I was going to say, you know, I wasn't going to say anything about uh, uh, Ben Affleck as Batman, but I was going to say that one of the differences... Which was interesting about the theatrical release is we got this lasso moment with Aquaman sitting on the lasso that they cut out of the longer one, which was interesting. Um,
0: Well, well, no, no, no. that was I think a reshoot that Joss Whedon did. Like for whenever you get more jokes. That's Joss Whedon throw. Okay,
1: you. well, it was uh, yeah, it was some. It was kind of a sweet, interesting, uh, honest moment for Aquaman, which I thought was a good use of the lasso, and well, uh, also use in the Flash movie. There's a fun kind of uh, callback to that. Well,
0: let's not jump ahead too much, but I, I do think. This actually points to one of the big differences in terms of how Joss Whedon versus Zack Snyder approach superheroes, and this is one of the big things that Zack Snyder devotees argue about all the time. Is Zack Snyder is very much looking at these people as, in this weird convoluted way, in my opinion, as unapproachable gods, yeah, who yet have to be knocked down to size, and Joss they need Whedon- to be
2: punished. Exactly. For their godliness, it feels like.
0: Yeah, exactly. Versus Joss Whedon is always trying to humanize people. It, it, yeah. And I think he does it, frankly, in the theatrical cut to a fault where it makes them almost like they're not Inept. the Avengers. Yeah, they well, exactly. adept is a good way of putting it. But also it, like it, jokey quit machines.
2: And it's just a mismatch. It's like I see why they chose Joss Whedon to fill in. But it's such a tonal mismatch that the scene where Aquaman sits on the lasso is funny and it undercuts him in a funny way but it feels so out of place in a movie <laughs> where these people yeah. are having a miserable time and they are punished any time except for Wonder Woman I think Wonder Woman still remains this beacon in the movie and gets to be sort of yeah, and she was that way in the four-hour
1: cut, too. She's just fantastic.
2: And it's great. And it's a shame that we sort of lost her over the course of her two movies uh, while she was such the win here in these movies. And, and like, and why – so why couldn't Joss pull out – like, he made Avengers. They brought him in to make this movie Avengers. Why couldn't he do it? Was it just a, well, a reshoot thing? Think-
1: but think about this, and I have no idea. We're just speculating here. You know what I mean? If I was brought in to make a movie that somebody's daughter like died in the middle of, I think maybe I would feel a little bit weird about changing it too much. You know what I mean? Because you're trying to honor something that somebody was really passionate about. So there's coming in and being like, I need to make this like, I need to make this. And then there's coming in being like, I have to be respectful. And I'm trying to, you know. What I, I, mean? I sort of,
2: I mean, maybe that was a factor, but I sort of, uh, I, doubt, I don't know. Because they, they were like, I'm sure it was like, you know, they were like, go do this. And there was a conversation that happened there where it was like, here's what we have. Here's what we need it to be. Like, it's not like there was a, just be careful because this is.
1: Sure. But I'm just saying it. You know, it's not like you're just being handed a movie and there's no history behind it and you can just put your stamp on it. You know what I mean? I, not walking uh, honestly, in clean. AP,
2: I wish Hollywood acted the way that you did are thinking right now, <laughs> but it does not.
0: <laughs> well, this comes down to one of the biggest differences between the two versions is the color correction, which is an insane thing to say. But. You have the same scenes here where what Joss Whedon and company did was they brightened it up to MCU Avengers levels where it's bright and it's Ah. poppy colors and it's poppy. Uh, Dogs, very excited to hear me talk about color correction. Pip don't slip. The versus Zack Snyder's version where he went for his more muted grays and blacks and darkness and whatever – Legitimately, his version looks way better. Like the Joss Whedon version is – it flattens everything out in the color correction. Like it just looks like one plate the entire time. Which
1: sounds like the opposite of what it should be doing, you know? Well, Well, but like when you shoot – yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: No, no. Go ahead. You do this way more than I do.
2: When you shoot something for a certain look, when you color – try to color correct – you can color correct to a point. But once you are fully working on it, everything starts to saturate and it does even out and your eye just sees like flatness as opposed Mm. to depth of color when you're shooting because you're also lighting a certain way if you're doing it. And that's why like when you see something that's black and white, it's not just clicking a button in the edit. It's like you have to light it in a very different way if you're shooting for black and white. Yeah.
0: the uh, There's so many factors, I think, that went into why Joss Whedon's cut is the way it is. I don't think we could even list all of them because we don't know necessarily where they are, but I'd throw out from things like... I think you're right. There was a certain amount of, well, you got to pay respect to this guy who's been through a tragedy, but also at the same time, do your own movie and make it better because it's not really movie. And also it's not going to be a part one of part two anymore. It's just going to be its own yeah, thing. So thing, change yeah. all of that stuff and also add more jokes, but make it more serious and make the action bigger and play into the characters. And also, by the way, everybody hates you on set and you hate everybody. And you very yeah. much, Joss Whedon are entering your monster Person phase maybe that's been going on all along, but that is more publicly coming out at this point. So cool. disaster across the board,
2: and I would argue this movie sort of like wrecked him, right? Like he, yeah. what's he done since this has been his last like major project?
0: Well, uh, he started as a fixer. Like, I think that's the reason he thought he could come in and the thought they could bring him in was he was a ghostwriter. He was the guy that like punched up scripts. He punched up X-Men. He punched up Toy Story, a bunch of other things like that. Um, And then, of course, he directed Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, two of the biggest movies of all time. So... That said, Avengers Age of Ultron, he was very public about, like, this completely burnt me out. I can't do this type of thing anymore. And then they bring him back on the set that's already, like, on a knife's edge, where he's not doing anybody any favors, apparently abusive and sexist and racist and all of these things.
2: Yeah. which I've heard was there underlying the whole time. It's just exactly. now, when the pressure's on, like this, he's like, well, I'm – and he's also much more confident, uh, probably cocky, like – He's like, I can just get away with this, and then he got busted. Essentially, yeah,
0: and he and I say this as a person who used to be a fan of his, but this, uh, John yeah, a huge, uh, huge there, fan. Uh, This is very like Joss Whedon to a fault down to what struck me through this rewatch this time is the differences between Steppenwolf in the versions, where Steppenwolf in this movie is straight up the proselytizing Joss Whedon villain who's like, oh, mother, come down to earth. I'm going to make a couple of jokes and throw out big words and things versus he's stupid in his own way in the Zack Snyder Justice League, but at least like he's he's more of a villain like there's actually a little bit more going on and he's uh justin just mentioned like the, his emotional arc in the movie but he screwed up screwed over dark side and dark side's like this is your last dark side's
2: piss bro <laughs> dark
0: side's yeah. piss bro decide is in the movie as well and decide uh-huh. is like you you can't screw this one bro and he's like please just give me a chance dark side please and then the justice league at the end straight up chops him into bits like in, into bits cut what? his head off no him. no what, like they go hard like he's oh fucked God. up and then like
1: wonder woman's like no i ain't even done with this motherfucker yet <laughs> chops his head off it's mean, like, yo, he mean, was he's trying to dead. destroy the
0: earth at all but after we've got on he has the strongest emotional arc in the entire movie other than cyborg and to go on this whole immersion wow. like oh you're you're being really
2: mean to my boy steppenwolf over here <laughs> it's crazy yeah um Well, and let me just say also, I think he's just such the weak spot of the movie from both a look and a just empty vessel of a villain. I guess you're saying there was more to him. Well,
1: yeah, that's what it makes more sense because like he he screws up. So he goes to Earth to try to really, you know, like save the day. And it's like this thing about failure and like you know, doing something for somebody. It's, it was, it's a lot more interesting and you understand Steppenwolf. You're like, dude, I get it, man. Like when my boss is mad at me, I work twice as
0: hard. You know what I mean? Like I'm going in, you know? So
1: like, yeah, you can understand why you're
0: going so hard. But it suffers from even comic book. We're comic book fans. I I challenge you to be like, oh yeah, I know who Steppenwolf was before I watched this movie. That's not a thing. And it came from them being like, Well, we're going to do two parts of this, so Darkseid will be the villain in the second part. You don't hold back on that stuff. You go hard on the first movie, and that's where they screwed up here. By the way, a little note, it came out afterwards when they put out Zack Snyder's Justice League that Zack Snyder actually planned three parts. That was his idea. You can tell. I mean, because Darkseid is so
1: close to being into this movie that you're Mm -hmm. just like, oh, if this guy... oh.
0: But also, uh, so just to lay out the three parts, his idea was: this first movie is Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the way that we all know and love it. And then the second movie is almost entirely the nightmare future that Batman sees in Batman v Superman, and they put a lot more of in this movie as well in the Zack Snyder cut.
2: Oh, Uh,
0: yeah. So it would be like Dark Side One and took over the Earth. Lois Lane died. Superman is bad. And then they have to figure out a way to go back in time to reverse it. And then the final movie would be everybody assembled fighting against Darkseid. Obviously, that's never going to happen, but that was the idea there. I will say also, and Pete, curious to get your take on this, Darkseid also kind of a punk in the Zack Snyder color, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: you know, it was like he was a little thinner than I Mm -hmm. was like ready for, but you know, it, at least it looked like him. It just looked like an emo version of him a little bit mm-hmm. uh, where uh, you, you just seen so many animated and also in comic book versions of him where he's badass. And this mm-hmm. was just kind of like. He gets
0: beaten up very quickly in a, in a flashback by a bunch of Green Lanterns and Atlanteans and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, here's another thing. Not to keep talking about the difference between the cuts, but they give a legitimately good reason to bring back Superman in the Zack Snyder cut. Oh, my God. Yeah. In oh. the theatrical cut, it's like... That
1: whole sacrifice thing is just bananas. Wait, what are you talking about specifically, Pete? Well, the, like, they're, like it's in the in the theatrical version, all you see is, like, Lois being, like, alone for two seconds, and then Superman's there, and it's almost, like, awkward the way Superman, mm-hmm. like, bum-rushes her, you know? Where in this, you, like, Lois is in so much pain, and you're, like, feeling for her, and then they're, like... They're like, we have to bring Superman back. Like, it, you know, he means so much. And they're just like, it just, it their their sacrifice for superman to, to like all pull together I, I just felt like i felt it more
0: well yes you absolutely feel it more lois lane is way more in the movie there's that dumb joke in the theatrical version about like gotta bring in the big guns and it turns yeah. out to be lois lane which is just stupid like just say it's lois lane and it's fine but yeah the difference is in the theatrical cut they bring back superman because they're like really need superman And Batman is like, feel bad about letting him die. Let's bring him back. That sounds cool. In the Zack Snyder version... Steppenwolf finds out that Superman isn't there and he's like, ah, there are no Kryptonians to protect the planet and there are no Green Lanterns. Now yeah. is our time to attack and get. Because they're the like green, boxes. A green Lantern
1: yeah. sucked as a movie and they just kind of stare at the audience.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. but no, they give a legitimate reason. Like, Steppen, this is why Steppenwolf is here now is because yeah. Superman is gone. It's not and, protected. There's no. Yeah. The Justice League realized they're like. Wait, if Superman is so important that Steppenwolf only came back down, now we have to bring him back in some way to fight back against him. So, yeah, there is a lot more plot. I know I said this before, but there's a lot more plot in the Zack Snyder version that uh, kind of works and less character, is what I would say.
2: Yeah. Well, and the, again, the Superman stuff, just like the other movie we talked about, it just doesn't hit. Like, he's mm-hmm. so mean and like, the iPhone thing at the top of the movie just rang inauthentic to me is that because and of his
0: uh CGI mustache the mustache thing
2: which I was looking for and you can't see it even in the current version that's up but it, they just like there's the chemistry between uh, him and Lois is just like gone in this movie. It just like doesn't uh doesn't quite work I think across the board
0: I'll throw out one scene that one hundred percent completely works and it's exactly the same in both versions. Is when Superman is resurrected And the Justice League Goes to find, find him That fight is great Yeah Like that is a great fight That points to What Zack Snyder is good at They clearly Joss Whedon saw yes. that And it was like Leave it as is Leave that Yeah The moment in that fight When Barry is running In yeah, super speed dude, And he looks uh, Superman just turns And looks in super speed uh, Oh uh,
2: Fantastic
0: yeah. Dope yeah
2: yeah. And the, honestly the post credit race Between the two of them Oh uh, yeah that mean, was that's cool just, I'm here for that It's a
1: comic book nerds You know just kind of like The shadow. Joss
0: Whedon version I will say I think gets Superman A little better <laughs> Than the Zack Snyder version Just because it throws in that race It throws in the thing Where Superman is Saving more people than Barry In the Russian village doing Oh yeah that whole thing scene. Yeah. That was That's funny. very cute as well Um this actually points to another difference that I think is interesting in terms of comparing the two is in the Zack Snyder version, they're fighting in this abandoned Russian place and there's nobody in it Chernobyl. It. Yeah. Chernobyl or wherever. It hey, doesn't like, appear
2: in the TV show Chernobyl at all. Yes. It's tied in. It's all part of the. Stebenolf is there. He's in the background. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Hey, uh,
0: I'm sharp now. Um, he... Mm-hmm. Anyway, in the Zack Snyder version, there's really no stakes because they're like, we got to save the world by going to this remote place where there's literally nobody and fight these parademons and that's it. And you don't just see anything like there's no sense of what is this going to do to the rest of the world or anything like that. And it's janky. But at least what Joss Whedon puts in there is this thread about this family who's living nearby who is in danger the entire time. So you can see the attempt there to be like, right. We need to give this some actual human stakes. It does work, but the attempt no. is there.
2: It's very strange to follow that family and you're like, and it doesn't amount to anything. It's just all there for like a Dostoevsky joke, is where mm-hmm. it lands. And then you never see them again. The way we keep checking in with them, I was like, oh man, this girl's going to like get some sort of new God power up or something. And like, mm-hmm. just not. Also, there's like,
1: um, When We're talking, if you don't mind me switching the subject a little bit, but for as far as differences, there's like a funny, not funny moment where in Aquaman does the Homer leave like, you know, how Homer leaves through that bush, does that bush moment? He he walks backwards through water. (laughs) Oh, man, I was laughing. I was like, that is hysterical. Also, they do this interesting thing when Superman dies and he like screams and you kind of like follow his like. Uh, the, his like echo throughout the world, and it's an interesting idea and an interesting shot. Um, I, I I thought it was just kind of creatively, it was interesting to see the sound wave go across the land and like different people look up, like what is that, and then it hits mm. the water, and like there's all these interesting reactions things. So it's like his last kind of like breath on Earth, and it echoes across the land. It was kind of an interesting idea.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a way of setting up that we're going to have a more global scale for this and a wider scale than we do in Batman v Superman. Justin, for context, it's the scene where he dies in Batman v Superman. Yeah. They show it again, but you get flashes of Atlanteans, you get flashes of the mascara and other
2: things. It's cool. Um, so
0: yeah, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. <laughs>
2: Uh, a couple other details uh, that I was going to throw out. This is very small, but just is annoying. In Cyborg's apartment, the stove is fl- is new at twelve o'clock for the whole scene, and I was really? like, "Come on, who's <laughs> paying attention to that?" <laughs> you, nobody. Uh, nobody. Yeah. Um, they really yada yada the tribes of man stuff in the flashback to <laughs> They're like. I was like, "Excuse me, tribes of man? When was that in the old history books?" Um, everyone's weirdly good with computers Which I was like, just have one Cyborg's yeah, good with computers yeah, Everyone's does like, machines. I'll download it yeah.
0: He does machines, exactly. Batman's the party, dude Are there yeah. any other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Or was it just those two, people? Oh my god, dude I think
2: everyone else is cool but rude In the movie Especially Superman The other things I want to
1: talk about Is you got more Luther You know, I don't know if you want to get into The after credits stuff, but uh, oh, Joy Mange as a uh, uh, Deathstroke was interesting. I was like, Great oh, casting, yeah, I was like, that is cool. So, I actually, because my, shows up,
0: my Max, my Max was skipping ahead. I legitimately forgot there was a second after credit scene. There's in the theatrical version, it's the one where Luther's like, why don't we start a league of our own or something like that? Or like, oh, you want to do So, Rock it's like no crying beaches? in baseball, no crying in baseball. Um, the Zack Snyder cut uh, actually has like a bigger cliffhanger that clearly will not pay off at all. But Lex Luthor's dressed differently, and he tells Deathstroke, "He's like, well, I'm going to give you a little bit of a present. Batman is Bruce Wayne, and it sets. Mm. It was supposed to set up, I believe, the Ben Affleck directed Batman movie that potentially mm-hmm. would have pit Deathstroke against Batman." I mean, so that's never gonna happen. Would have been
2: cool, man. That would have been pretty. Cool. could have been cool if it was just a yeah. like fight the whole time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh Pete, I know you haven't seen this, Jesse, but Pete, you want to talk about the absolutely abysmal nightmare Coda featuring Jared Leto's Joker? Oh, I don't want to talk about that at all. All right. Well, let me just throw it out for anybody who hasn't seen it. They jump forward to the Nightmare Earth uh, very randomly, like it doesn't seem connected to anything. It just sort of happens. And in it, it's Batman, uh, Mera, The Flash, uh, Deathstroke, I feel like there's somebody else there that I'm forgetting, and they're trying to recruit the Joker who knows who they all are, and he's like the linchpin to getting back to their time or something like that, and then Superman approaches, and then Batman wakes up. Uh, first of all, it sucks because Jared Leto as the Joker sucks, but That's the second awful. reason that it huh. sucks is, like I mentioned, Zack Snyder, and this is not like me making a joke or anything, he shot it in his backyard during COVID, and then... Right put it together separately with people so it's all in one shots and everybody's separate. And the I I've over the past couple of podcasts given Zack Snyder one big up, which is he is a visual director. This sequence looks like shit. Like absolute shit. He should have yeah. been embarrassed about it. They never should have put it in the movie. It's bad just like straight bad. And then it's followed by the most nonsensical plot point in the movie, which is earlier in the movie. They have a conversation between Martha Kent and Lois Lane, where Martha's like, Lois, you got to get back in the world. you got to be a person again and a reporter. She's like, sounds good, Martha. And then Martha walks out of her apartment. <laughs> it turns out Martha was Martian Man Hunter the entire time. Yeah, that was a crazy, like, dude her just life. faked. No. no, it's just like he just fakes for he he fakes being Martha, and then also he is Harry Lennox, who was General Stanton or whatever the name is. He's just giving
1: pep talks. He's like trying yeah. to cheer people up as marching man. He like and disguises it, to be like, hey, where did you that can do from? better. We believe in you. And then he's like,
0: hey, walks you know, away. Like, and then it, Mar- even more ridiculously, the last scene of the movie, I think, or one of the last scenes of the movie, is Bruce Wade, who's Ben Affleck. Clearly, months later, has a completely different body type and look and everything like that. Um, uh, is in his house and Marsha Manter comes out and he's like, I just wanted to congratulate you, Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne is literally like, I'm sorry, who are you? Yeah. He's like, what, <laughs> what's your deal? Why are he's you He's Martian Manfriender. Martian yeah. Manfriender. Yeah. And all of Ben Affleck's delivery in that entire scene where Marshall Manter is like, uh, I think it's time for me to rejoin the world and be a hero like you. And Bruce Wayne is like,
2: Sounds great. I'm so sorry. Did I need you to party? <laughs> he's like,
1: he's like, where war is coming. He's like,
0: oh, okay. <laughs> ben Affleck legitimately wants to be anywhere else in that scene. It's incredible. Uh, so that's bad. That's pretty bad. Uh, what else about the movie? Any other scenes, characters, anything? We've obviously skipped by a ton of stuff here.
2: J.K. Simmons wait. wasted as Gordon in this uh, movie.
0: Oh, he got he got some he
1: got some moments in the other one. Uh, we yeah. did get the, the kind of like ripping of the shirt S in the kind of post-creds. That was kind of cool. Yeah,
0: Superman moment. Uh, J.K. Simmons also got totally ripped for the role, like crazy yeah.
2: ripped. I don't know why he did that. Yeah, that's not James Gordon's never ripped. And <laughs> no. He's barely never in the movie. been ripped. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, what else? I think we've talked about all of the major characters. Any other moments you want to call out, Pete, before we start to wrap up
2: here? I know we talked about uh, six
0: hours of movie in 45 minutes, but more efficient.
2: Well, you guys have it. You talk, you're going to talk for a, the, twice as much time after I get off. Right?
0: Yeah. We have the Zack Snyder cut kind of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, it was
1: interesting when they were showing the football highlights. It made mm-hmm. me think of the football stadium in the Batman movie that exploded because it did have the team yes. had the same colors. So I mm-hmm. wondered if that was the same stadium or a different
0: one. So that was kind of cool tie-in that wasn't in the other movie. Well, there you go. We did it. Most efficient talking about Justice League ever. I think the last thing we should mention is in terms of how it ties into the Flash movie. Folks may have seen it by this point because it's out in theaters. Uh, But obviously, we get a lot of riffs and discussion of it. In particular, it is a post-Justice League movie. Yes. Oh, wait.
1: There was one thing I wanted to ask you about that I just saw in my notes. Yeah, sure. The creepy uh, stalker uh, ladies who would just like pick up Aquaman shirts and smell them and Mm. then make like Mm. little like
0: (laughs) shrines about him.
2: Worth it for to watch the cut?
0: Well, that uh, no, that is a very weird scene. It's <laughs> so, right after the Batman Aquaman scene, which is relatively the same. Though I think they similar, reshot yeah, it in certain. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's
1: th- yeah, there's different beats, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, but Aquaman goes back in the water, and then one there's this group of very I don't know Norse ladies. I want to say yeah, I would say Norse, the whitest people you've ever seen. Yeah, pick up his sweater and start singing about him. It, that ties into the whole Zack Snyder people treating them like gods. Like they are treating him like a sea god. They are singing to him and they are praying to him. So I think that's the idea there. It's weird. It's very weird, though.
1: It's very weird. I mean, uh, yeah. And they did keep. Yeah. It's like oh, I was like, well, how is this going to pay off? Is there just going to be like shrine, everywhere Aquaman goes and leaves a sweater? There's just a shrine for him. And like
0: mm-hmm. they sing.
2: Sweater yeah. shrine. Well, Do you must- think Zack Snyder was trying to make his watchman?
0: <laughs> like different than the watchman that he previously made
2: well that watchman was um not his because he just literally mm, put on okay. screen watchman so oh. this is his watchman
0: maybe could be Uh, Whatever it is, nobody hit the mark with anything. Uh, We will talk about The Flash next. And uh, like I was saying, there's not too much about the Justice League, but there is some tie-in there in terms of The Flash's status quo post-Justice League, as well as Batfleck and some other characters, if you haven't seen it, that I won't necessarily ruin. But if you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comicbookclub. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to talk to you about literally any other DC movies. iTunes, Android, yeah. Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, to listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, Dad, please do better.
2: Yes, oh. and you, Dad, you got it. And I know I haven't finished my tearing apart of the mother boxes chore, but I definitely will get that done before school tomorrow.
0: Yeah, oh, we didn't even discuss the big Oscar cheer moment where the Flash enters the Speed Force. Ah, Next Ugh. time, we'll do it in the next podcast.
2: We gotta cover that. We should do a whole separate podcast for just the Oscar cheer moment.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.